Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, Undying Light listeners. This is your host, Pastor Alex, and we are continuing our journey through the Gospel of Matthew. Uh, we have went uh, chapter by chapter um, uh, over the course of a few Fridays up till the fourth chapter, and then once we hit to the fifth, the Beatitudes and the Sermon on the Mount, we have kind of more or less truncated those into their own individual shows. And we spent, you know, one week looking at the Beatitudes. We spent the next week looking at Salt and Light. Last week, we looked at the fulfillment of the law from Christ. Uh, This week, we're going to begin with anger. Don't know how far we're going to go based on our time, but we will uh, ensure that we take our time working through this text and not rush anything. The first four chapters, there was a lot going on. You know, we spent a couple of weeks looking at Matthew 1 uh, with comparison to Luke 1 and 2. And we spent some time talking about the birth of Christ. And we have done some previous episodes over the you know few years we've been doing this show on the birth of Christ and various elements going into that, whether it was uh, the prophecies given in the Old Testament around his name and around his character, things like that. We have uh, have those episodes. They are um, in the long list of shows that we've done. We are quickly approaching that 300 mark, and uh, which pretty much is, we'll be at four years uh, running on Dying Light here in February. And, you know, the first uh, year and a half or so was a little rough. And a little patchy in terms of getting episodes out, but since then I have continuously produced a show every single Friday, and for the large part this year, I've produced a show almost every Tuesday. So I was doing uh, double duty this year, trying to produce content and clarify through some stuff as I was working in uh, in in school and trying to just share everything that I've been uh, learning as I've gone through this journey. And so we have decided to jump out of the Old Testament. We had spent a considerable amount of time looking through 
some of the minor prophets and some of these books in the Old Testament that aren't aren't actually taught from often or referenced often. And most people have probably maybe have read them in their uh, yearly reading, but don't actually pay attention or study them. So we looked at uh, Song of Solomon and we looked at the wisdom books and we uh, talked through a handful of other um, books there in the Old Testament that generally aren't uh, taught from. And uh, we worked through uh, the rest of the wisdom books. So it would have been, you know, Psalms, Proverbs, Ecclesiastes, Job. And we, you know, didn't go verse by verse through all that. We just kind of did a high level view on some of those books because it's, they're, uh, they're hefty. Uh, we did Ecclesiastes verse by verse, but we didn't do the rest. And uh, Psalms and Proverbs and, and Job, they're longer books. And, you know, we just haven't taken that time to work through it yet. What we might do in uh, the coming years, uh, once we kind of get through the Gospel of Matthew and we kind of survey what we will do next, we might work through uh, one of the books in the Psalms, so book one, and then we might take a break and do another series, and then we might come back and do book two. There's five books in the psalm, so just things to think about for myself, trying to uh, always have fresh content for you. And uh, this is a promise I can make, that once I finish with my school, uh, you can probably venture to say I will be doing a Tuesday show that will be topical. And uh, on the Tuesday show, it'll be you know a series on that topic, and so we might touch base on a whole bunch of things from the Lutheran perspective and we will work through uh, a a bunch of different elements and and, uh, we will hopefully begin that sometime in the early spring of next year. My goal is to be finished by Christmas or thereafter with my my master's degree. So as soon as I get done recording this show, I'm going right upstairs and I'm going to sit down and start cracking away more work. So that's what I've been doing the last uh, probably eight or nine weeks is just continuous homework. And I'm at the end. It's uh, starting to get on me, you know, wear on me now. I'm ready to be done, I'm ready to move on to the next chapter in life and uh, close this one quickly. So uh, just a few quick reminders. Um, the show is listener supported. We do have a lot of perks that we give to those who support the show through Patreon. You can um, get access to our Discord channels. You can uh, watch our Bible studies that are done every week, every Sunday evening at 7 p.m. Central. And if you are in a time zone or out of this country and you still want to participate, you can watch those. I do record them and I upload them to a private YouTube page just so the you as a patron can come back and reference or watch that study. Right now we're going through the life of Jesus and we are surveying uh, all four Gospels. So we are looking at a harmony of the Gospels and we are walking ourselves through in a chronological order uh, each uh, book. Right now we just finished a chunk from Luke this past Sunday uh, coming in this Next Sunday, we will be looking at Matthew, and we'll probably have a break around Christmas. I was thinking taking a couple weeks off just to kind of give myself a breather. Uh, We'll see how the church goes, but, you know, I do this for the church, and they can come and join me in person, and I do this for 
the patrons who join me online as they are scattered all around the world. So it's a wonderful perk. I've really enjoyed doing it. We've gone through the Gospel of Mark. We've gone through the Book of Romans, and we've done a few other minor things here and there. Uh, we did a short Christmas study last year, and so we've done quite a bit uh, over the time that the show has um, done that. Basically, since we've had a patron account, we've done a Bible study. And it's just one small way that I can give back to you and uh, give you more content in hopes that you will continue your studies and um, digging into the text yourself. So dollar a month, get you full access <clears throat> to all of that, excuse me. And uh, you can join and do that for, you know, pay a whole subscription up front for a year and get 10 bucks and some change and it gets you 12 months of access. And you can join us and uh, have a wonderful experience, I hope, and pray. And so if you have any questions, feel free to DM me. But other than that, let's get on with the show. Using Logos Bible software, as always, there's always some great deals rolling around. You can go to logos.com forward slash from Diane Light and get yourself a copy. If you're new to Logos, then you'll get some free books. If you are upgrading, then you'll just get some awesome deals. So uh, go check that out. It's a great tool. It's uh, one of the best in the business. If Even if you are just a simple layperson, even if you just are looking to have the expansion for uh, Bible study, you can have all of your commentaries, all of your study notes, everything all in one place. And the really nice thing, like on the computer version, is you can have side-by-side -side panels. And so like you can have, you know, a whole bunch of different things and different panels going on, uh, all supporting whatever you're trying to research or learn about. On the phone, you can, it's not quite the side-by-side, -side, but you can have tabs and you can just cycle through those tabs. And it works really well on the phone. I'm really impressed with Logos 10 on the phone. It's probably the best version they've ever done. So uh, go check it out and get yourself a great copy with some awesome deals. And again, you can always DM me if you have any questions. So just an FYI, once again, I'm battling some head cold, some congestion or something. So uh, I might seem a little nasally as seems to be the common thing this year uh, with two young kids, one of them who's now in preschool, uh, goes in and gets her hands into everything, and then dad gets all of the <laughs> head colds, it seems. So that's what I've been battling the last three or four days, so I hope uh, it's, it doesn't come through too too bad on the, on the show. So we're going to begin with the 21st verse in chapter 5 of Matthew. Matthew chapter 5 is a fairly long uh, chapter. It is 48 verses in total, so we probably won't make it through all the all of five today, uh, or the rest of five, I should say. And I have made the note a few times when we got to five last week and the week before that we we want to take this in those kind of uh, truncated sections that um, the ESV Bible gives you. And you know we have uh, anger. Lust, divorce, oaths, retaliation, love your enemies, and giving to the needy. Those are just the next chunk of subjects to tackle. Then we will spend a week on the Lord's Prayer. And that comes out of Matthew 5. And we'll compare this to the one Luke records. 
Uh, and then there's fasting, laying up treasures in heaven, not to be anxious, judging others. That's a great one. We'll probably spend a whole week on that. Asking it will be given. The golden rule, the tree and its fruit. I never knew you. Build your houses on the rock. And then we will have um, the, the authority of Jesus. Uh, so we've got a lot of content in these few weeks to uh, handle. And we are going to take our time and work through them. So I hope to spend, you know, about 25 minutes on, you know, each show. I usually kind of do an opening banter, but 25 minutes or so on each section and wherever that leads us, we will stop. We're not in any rush to, you know, get Matthew done within a time frame. So here we go. The 21st verse, Jesus continues to preach. He says, you have heard That it is said of those of old, you shall not murder, and whoever murders will be liable to judgment. But I say to you that everyone who is angry with his brother is liable to judgment. Whoever insults his brother will be liable to the council. And whoever says you fool will be liable to the hell of fire. So, if you are offering your gift at the altar and there, remember that your brother has something against you. Leave your gift there before the altar and go. First, be reconciled to your brother, then come and offer your gift. Come to terms quickly with your accuser while you're going with him to court. Least your accuser hands you over to the judge and the judge to the guard and you be put in prison. Truly, I say to you, you will never get out until you have paid the last penny. All right. So a lot happening right here. Uh, This is kind of a different change of pace if we... um, Remember last week we have the fulfillment of the law. So Jesus is just continuously going, you know, kind of topic by topic. And Matthew gives us the most descriptive narrative of the Sermon on the Mount. But speculatives and theologians have um, have speculated, I guess, or they have made, you know come to the assumption or their conclusion that what we have in Matthew is would be kind of a high level overview. And there were probably much more teachings that Jesus said that didn't make it into Matthew's gospel, which they weren't not important, but they were, you know, just what Matthew didn't record. We don't know if that is the case. We don't know if there's other things because it does seem that he doesn't really transition between these topics. He just goes one right after the next. And there is no like, smooth move into the next one. So maybe what Matthew didn't record was those transitional pieces. We don't know. And we don't really have any manuscripts or anything that says otherwise. And uh, again, it's kind of speculative theology at this juncture, but I think it's always something well to pay attention to because when we look at verses 17 through 20, we conclude that section for, I tell you, unless your righteousness exceeds that of the scribes and the Pharisees, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. Then he goes, so you have heard it from old that what is said of those of old, you shall not murder. So he goes right on talking about the righteousness exceeding the scribes into you shall not murder. And so there's not really a clean transition. I just want you to pay attention to that and and really think, well, maybe, you know, there could have been other things. And even John makes the, the case at the end of his gospel that he records only so much and that there were... The, the, the things that Jesus did, said, and performed would be uh, un- uncalculable, 
you can't, you couldn't calculate all of the things that Jesus said and done. And if you had written it all down, it would fill every book in every library in, in the world. So John makes that statement that there was a considerable amount of, of things that Jesus did that weren't recorded. And that's not a bad thing. It, it, you know, what we have in our Bible is exactly what we need and it is meant for the future generations. And we know that within three years of his ministry that he was probably doing something, you know, uh, every single day without taking a break, uh, maybe resting on the Sabbath and not teaching or doing really much of anything. He does heal some people on the Sabbath, which we'll talk about later, but he probably is working six days a week and he's probably going from sunrise to sundown for the most part. And he's pouring in onto a lot of people. And so, you know, 365 days out of the year, give or take, you've got, you know, well over a thousand days within the ministry of Christ, maybe a little bit more, maybe a little bit less. And, you know, we have 28 chapters from Matthew, 16 from Mark, um, 20, one from John and, oh, I forget how many Luke has. Let's look here. Luke has, I think, 21. Yeah, look at my, oh, my mouse is broken. 24 in Luke, my bad. It's 21 in John. And so we've got, uh, you know, only an abbreviated amount of work, really. It's hard to say. Um, but I do believe there was much more that Jesus had said, uh, that wasn't recorded. And that's not a bad thing. You know, what we have is what we need and we should, we should rest on that knowing that God has given us the perfect revelation to what we need. So let's dig into this text and see where we land. You have heard that it is said of those of old, the disciples, uh, have heard from Jewish, Jewish teachers and the uh, scribes and the Pharisees, these are the religious leaders in, the, in this time. So they have heard these teachings. They've heard them talk about it. And when he says liable to judgment, he's making a reference to the human court. Uh, what is happening is if you murder, and according to Jewish law, you would be uh, have to come in front of a human court, and if you were found guilty, you would be punished accordingly. And so that's what Jesus is making a reference to here in verse 21. If you murder and you are found liable, you will be moved to a human court where you will be uh, placed under judgment. Jesus goes on to say something a little bit more profound here. It's not just the fact that you take somebody, um, you know, their life, in you don't you know and and you remove them from this planet you end up killing them uh he doesn't just stop there he moves on to uh really assert the premise behind what it means to murder somebody christ takes the law into his own hands and he explains it spiritually and this is essentially where we start to really see the authority of christ come through because this is exactly what Moses was given. And now Jesus is explaining to the crowd what Moses had been instructed. And if we go back to Exodus, when we have Moses on the on Mount Sinai with God receiving the Ten Commandments, uh, God does not stop in that time frame and say, okay, uh, on this commandment, you shall not murder. Make sure they, uh, they don't hate their brother as well. But 
that was the premise and the purpose behind it because the murdering was was really the ultimate ending to that law but it also circumpassed this notion of not hating your brother because Jesus goes on to say if you say if you whoever says to your brother you fool this is another term expressing anger and abuse you will be um you will be destined to hell and so if you make that statement uh you will be destined to eternal punishment so this is the interesting notion here because when we get to a text like this, it helps us to explain the, the commandments a little bit more. And Luther, in his small catechism with explanation, goes through and details what it really means to be disobedient to any one of the Ten Commandments. And he gives you a long list of just generic things that you can be doing that would violate that commandment. And when we get to anger, it is one of those things that if you call your brother a fool and you have this anger in your heart for them. You have this, uh, this displayed abuse, whether it's verbal or physical or spiritual, you are committing murder to your brother. And so this is a very pointed text for, for us to, to sit and dwell on and ponder because it really reveals the true nature of man. And now I would venture to say this too. It doesn't, it's not a sin to get angry. It's not a sin to be upset with somebody. It's not a sin to, you know, be frustrated. But what the sin is, is when we move that into the next level and and express hatred or, or anger or abuse towards a person and you try to assert yourself over them that will lead into something that would be sinful. Now, to be angry and frustrated or, you know, a situation's really getting on you, that's not sinful in nature. It's okay to be angry. And it's okay to be frustrated. So when you get to that point, understand where your emotions are coming from. Why are you feeling this way? And how can you, or what can you do to reconcile it? Uh, if you are a highly stressed person, doesn't mean taking a vacation, doesn't mean going to the gym, doesn't mean picking up a book and reading, doesn't mean lighting a few candles and just relaxing to some soft music. Whatever it is that you do to de-stress, find your outlet. When you are angry, find an outlet. You know, when I was in high school, I was was what was a very angry person. I was always angry. You know, and my parents uh, love them to death, but. They didn't really do a whole lot to teach me how to control it. The best thing my dad ever taught me was to harbor all my anger and to take it out on the football field. And so I did. And and I wasn't a great football player by any means. I wasn't the best by any means. I wasn't even that great. But I had the outlet for my anger. I could go out on the football field and play sports. I could go to the weight room and lift weights. And now that's what I do today as I'm you know, 36 and a half years old, I'm in the gym, uh, seven days a week. I just hit today was day 50 in a row. And so I'm on the streak and lifting weights and I haven't felt better in any other time in my life. I feel amazing. It's a wonderful thing. Now, does that always curb my anger? No, I still get frustrated. I still get angry. I still have, you know, problems and things that I have to deal with. And, uh, 
but but I realize that I can't lash out at people and I can't harbor anger for people because those people are just as much of a sinner as I am. And so as as we take on a text like this, I think it's very important that we realize what it is that Jesus is saying. He says that we must not kill neither with hand, heart, mouth, signs, gestures, help, or nor counsel. And this is actually coming out of uh, the large catechism on the commandments from Luther. So uh, he expands even into greater detail with the, um, with the large catechism. And I think that's uh, important. Again, we, we've talked through you know, a number of things from the Book of Concord and looking at the large catechism helps us to understand you know, these Ten Commandments a little bit more thoroughly. And Jesus isn't going on the, the, the you know, the stand right now, saying, you know, going after each of the Ten Commandments. He's just generally preaching uh, in things that were probably relevant in this culture, in this time, that needed to be addressed. And so we see anger, lust, divorce, these oaths, retaliation, etc., etc., as being key items that needed to be addressed. And so this anger is, uh, is, is very privient, and it's one that even sits on uh, many people today because we, we come to a text like this and then we realize just how fallible we are, how quickly it is for us to stumble and fall back into sin and realize that we are just drowning in our sinful nature. So when we get to this, it's best for us to find that outlet for anger. And like I said, it can be a number of things. For me, it's physical activity because it wears me out and I can't be angry after that. For some, it's reading a book. For some, it's studying scripture. For some, it's, you know, uh, eating a banana. I don't know. I'm just trying to find a means to curb that anger find something in your life that will take your mind off of whatever is making you angry because anger will lead you to sin. Being angry in and of itself is not sin, but it can and oftentimes will lead you into sin. So Jesus goes on to say here in verse 23 about bringing a gift to the altar. He says, if you are offering a gift at the altar, but your brother has something against you, leave your gift and go. Augustine says this, we may interpret the altar spiritually as being faith itself in the inner temple of God, whose emblem is the visible altar. For whatever offering we present to God, whether prophecy or teaching or prayer or a psalm or a hymn, and whatever other such like spiritual gift occurs to the mind, it cannot be acceptable to God unless it is sustained by sincerity of faith. So this doesn't have to be a physical altar. And Jesus doesn't make the point that it is a physical altar. It's not one that's just in the temple where you had to go and pay uh, your sacrifice and bring the animal in or your grain offering in and sacrifice to fulfill a, a sin obligation. He's giving you a generic overview, really. And he's and, and oftentimes he's spiritualizing these things because you can't tangibly touch anger in the heart. You can physically murder somebody, but you can't tangibly touch the hatred in your heart for somebody. And so that's where we get this 
now being spiritualized because it is something that, you know, rests within our soul. And that is what Jesus is referring to. So when he makes this statement of the altar, this can be a spiritual altar. It's one that, you know, if you go into your prayer room or closet or you go where you ever, wherever you go to pray, if you're in church and you sit down, you kneel down and you start to unfold to God, if you are harboring sin to another person, God will not be hearing your prayer. That is what Jesus is saying. He says, leave your gift and then first go and be reconciled with your brother. Go make amends. Pick up the phone, give somebody a call, go out to lunch, go eat, grab a cup of coffee, whatever it is. Make amends with that person. Don't let the sun go down on your anger. That is the best advice I can give you. If you, if somebody offends you or you offend somebody, go and ask for forgiveness. Go and present yourself, say you're sorry, ask for forgiveness, and reconcile with that person. That's all there is. That's what Jesus is telling us to do. Now, we know that we're not perfect, and we know that we sometimes like to harbor our anger and our sin, and we like to hold a grudge for a long period of time to really <clears throat> teach that person a lesson. But is that really the right Christian thing to do? And the answer is no. You know, I, I, I love my family to death, but they have a tendency to hold grudges for years, and, and it, is, it is tough. Because it's almost like you don't want to offend them. For instance, I I had a, a significant disagreement with my sister. And it has been four and a half years since she has talked to me. I have left the door wide open. I have sought forgiveness with her. And she refuses to reach out. And I, I can't do anything about it. You know, it's troubling. I It breaks my heart to think about it. Because I know I was probably a little too brass. And I was a little bit too overzealous. And I wasn't willing to listen to her side, even though I completely disagree with it, no matter how she framed it. Uh, it was a topic of abortion. Uh, abortion. She's pro-choice. I'm pro-life. So, you know, naturally, we're going to butt heads. And that's what this whole thing's over. You know, four years, four and a half years later, and she continues to refuse to talk to me. And that breaks my heart because I want nothing better than to reconcile with her and to have that relationship, a brother and sister again. Uh, my brother and I, we talk almost every day, but me and my sister haven't spoken in years. And so don't let your anger go down. Don't let the, you know, with the sun, don't, don't harbor it. Even if the person is unwilling to forgive you, seek forgiveness, offer it to them and tell them, you know, I'm always going to be here if you are willing to accept this. That is the best thing we can do as Christians. Then you can come back to your uh, to the altar and pray to God and bring your offering to him, whatever it is, whether it's a hymn or a psalm or prayer, uh, whatever it may be. Augustine uses teaching and prophecy, but what are we prophesying about? Uh, you know, it's kind of a, a generic, uh, f you know, quote, in my opinion, I don't quite agree with those two elements, but I mean, if you're bringing something to, to the altar and you're, you're saying, Lord, I, I, I feel the need to teach on this, or I feel the need to do this. You have the gift to do that, but we should also recognize that God won't, it won't be acceptable to God if we are harboring that anger in our heart. 
So this is an interesting portion of the text because it reveals that, you know, Christ is willing to hear our prayers 100%. And we know that if we have any sort of trouble, any sort of issue, we bring those requests and those problems, those burdens, and lay them at the feet of Christ. Then Christ will then turn them over to God the Father and God will do with them as he pleases. But we also should recognize that if we are living in perpetual sin and we are seeking some sort of blessing out of it or out of our lives, more or less, then we probably won't receive it. We, you know, you've already got the forgiveness of sin, right? So this is where we have to be a little careful with it. You've already been forgiven of all of your sin. But to receive any sort of blessing in the life that you live, you can't be harboring sin and living in sin. You can't be a, a, a addicted to porn and living in habitual sin, watching it around the clock, and then expect to find a good spouse that's going to, to love you. And if even if you're married and you're doing that, you will probably experience troubles in your marriage because it will cause division. It will cause many, many problems. And it doesn't just have to be pornography. It could be you know, alcohol, it could be drugs, it can be, um, you know, an eating problem, right? I had an eating disorder for years. I, I ate everything and I put on so much weight. I went from 185 pounds at graduation in high school to, oh, 315 by the time I was like 24. So within six years, I gained that much weight. Six years. And I, I was heavy, heavy, heavy. And my wife, bless her heart, confronted me and helped me to lose that weight. Now I'm, you know, make fitness a part of my daily life. I get up in the morning before everybody else does in the house. I go to the gym. I get my workout in. I come home, get showered, take my daughter to school and begin my day. That's what I have to do. That's all I can do. So any, if we live in habitual sin, if we are living in, no matter what that addiction is or whatever, you know, we, we are harboring, we are not going to be acceptable before God. Our, our requests won't be acceptable to him. So we have to be very uh, honest with ourselves and say, okay, Lord, what, where is the sin in my life? What am I doing that is offensive to you? And you take a survey of your life and you figure out what is causing, you know, that offense to God. And now mind you, you will always be a sinner. You will always sin. And when you fix one sin, you will have probably three more that jump up. If you are able to fix the sin of addiction, you're probably going to have a sin of anger or resentment or jealousy or something that's going to come up and it's going to eat at your soul. It is always going to be there because you are still in this flesh. But if you are willingly giving into sin, this is exactly what this text is telling us. When we willingly give into the sin, you will find no favor with God. And so we must reconcile with our neighbor and we must reconcile with God and come clean with our sin. That is why within my church, we open every service with a confession and absolution. The premise is when I make the statement at the opening of the service that we are coming to confess our sin, 
Then the congregation silently acknowledges the sin that has been troubling them that past week. We do this every Sunday. They come before God and offer up their sin, and then they receive the absolution that their sin has been forgiven, giving them the ability to go home and pray to God and seek his blessing. Now, I'm not saying blessing in the framework like the prosperity gospel preachers do surrounding, you know, material and earthly items. I'm talking about blessing, whether it's, you know, a gift of wisdom, a gift of discernment, a gift of, you know, favor, whatever it is. Maybe, maybe there is, you know, something that you've been diligently working towards, like a job promotion. And you have been praying and praying and praying, but you have, you know, covered yourself in sin. And once you re, you know, once you release yourself, once you pray to God and once you acknowledge the sin, then maybe you could receive that. I don't know. I'm just making a really generic statement. It's hard to say because each person has their own individual course of life. And I know we're kind of well over the time, but I want to want to finish with this one, too, because, you know, for me, uh, early in my adult life, it was always about pursuing of money. And I was not in the church and I was looking out for myself and I didn't care who's, who I stepped on to get to where I wanted to be. I wanted to make money. I wanted to have a big house. I wanted to have a fancy car. I wanted the earthly rewards. And when I stopped making money an idol in my life, when I finally started going back to church and I realized the faults of my ways, I, I got a job that paid me three times the amount of money that I was making in the one job that I was making a money, uh, I had a lot of money and I was making really good money as I was going through uh, my teachings and learnings of, of the Bible and able to pay off debts, able to be better stewards and able to fix things. Now for me, money is not an idol. I, I, I get enough to make, to live off of the church and, um, I'm I'm blessed by it beyond blessed with my current situation. And I love it. So, you know, anger and sin and all of these things can really harbor one's life. Uh, Sin is such a nasty thing and a nasty part of our lives that we have to be open and honest with ourselves and with God. We have to acknowledge that we are a sinner and that we are falling short of the glory of God. And that is what we are being pointed to here in this text. It's, You know, yes, it is pointing to just anger and murder, but at the same time, there are so many facets to this that can be bridged out of here that can fall us into any sort of sin, causing us to uh, move out of the favor of God or to be no longer acceptable to God with our prayers. So that's going to wrap up the show a little longer, a little bit hot winded here. Um, I Hope I covered this little section enough. Next week, we're going to look at lust and divorce probably together. Uh, it's just a couple of verses. It's 31 through, or 27 through 32. Uh, and then we will move on from there. So thanks for tuning in, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, I hope you enjoy this series. I have thoroughly enjoyed working through Matthew because I just love this gospel. It's probably one of my favorite gospels. Uh, I do like, like them all. I love them all. Uh, but Matthew just has a special place in my heart. And so... I'm very, very happy with it, and and I hope you've been enjoying this series as much as I have. So make sure you tune in every Friday morning, 7 a.m. is when the shows drop, and uh, if you subscribe, your phone or, or podcast device or app will update when the latest show is available, and I hope you guys are 
leaving reviews, sharing this amongst your peers and your church and your family. And I hope you guys are thoroughly enjoying this as much as I am. It's Friday, which means Sunday's around the corner. Get up and go to church and partake in the divine service. Advent season is underway and we are quickly approaching the coming Christ. If you would like to follow my sermon series for my church, you can do so. We're on YouTube, Stratford Lutheran uh, Church, and that link is in the bio on my Instagram. You can shoot me a message there or on Facebook if you have trouble finding it, and I'd be more than happy to help you. So go to church on Sunday, get yourself fed with the word, and I will see you all next week. God bless. See you later. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus. Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.